Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the WP Builds podcast entitled What's New and Coming for the Beaver Builder Page Builder with Robbie McCulloch. It was released on the 15th of February 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com so that we can have our discussion, which today is entitled Where to Get Inspiration, and also final little ending fact all about schema markup. The usual stuff, bit of housekeeping, if you could share this on your social media accounts by clicking the bill, sorry, the buttons on the WP Builds podcast player, or if you go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that'll be really nice. WPBuilds.com forward slash Facebook for, to join our Facebook group, forward slash subscribe to join our newsletter, and forward slash advertise in order to advertise on the podcast itself. Now, speaking of subscribe to the newsletter, I am thinking of spinning off the newsletter into a separate entity. So rather than include all the bits and pieces um, in the sort of notes of the um, the podcast itself and in the, the the email that goes out with the podcast I was thinking of separating it off and making it into something a bit more a bit more fully featured let me know if you think that's a terrible idea would you rather not get two emails from me a week um, I don't know let me know I'd be interested to know what you think also at the moment at wpbuilds.com forward slash win we've got a competition and it's um, for three licenses for the Malcare backup and security uh, plugin for uh, one year. And um, Akshat was on the podcast last week explaining about his product. And to be honest with you, I think it's really, really cool. WP Engine and Flywheel, they use it to do their migrations into their platform. So, you know, they're very, very credible indeed. Okay, let's get on to the news. And this week we've got four items. Well, Possibly, yeah, let's go for four. The first one is on the firstwebdesigner.com website, and it's it's all about talking to your clients about work, about the, the fact that Gutenberg is coming along. Now, in the interview that I have with Robbie today, he mentions the word Gutenberg four and a half billion times. It's big news, and it's coming in the next few months. And really, you do need to, we do need to train our clients, the ordinary people who use WordPress day in, day out, not us developers and builders, and he's got some suggestions for what you might do, um, such as, you know, giving them little chat throughs, explaining that, you know, it's not going to be a simple process. There'll be bumps in the road. It's possibly an opportunity to make some more revenue by selling, you know, the upgrades and teaching people how to use it and so on. Anyway, there you go. The next one is from the WP Engine website, and it's all about a little plugin that they've that they've released called... Polly, I think it's called. I think it's called Amazon Polly, and essentially it uses Amazon's AWS. Now, what they've got is Amazon have been building this platform, which is um, enabling text-to-speech and speech-to-text. So this version, WP Engine's Amazon Polly plugin, is a plugin which enables you to do text-to-speech. So in other words, if you've written something out, 
you'll be able to turn that into something audible for your listeners to listen to. So in other words, it's like, you know, if you've typed out a blog post, it's kind of instant podcast material. Now, I'm not sure that that's the best case for a podcast, but there you go. I haven't used it. I don't know. But I am very keen to use it the other way around, you know, to turn the text that I'm saying right now into text. Sorry, the, the words that I'm saying right now into text that could go on the website. That could be good for SEO purposes and things. Anyway, there you go. Um, WP Engine's Amazon Poly product or plugin, should I say. Right, the next one, um, Zach Gordon. He released a JavaScript course for WordPress recently, and now he's got a free online, um, like a summit coming up, a conference, shall we say, on the 29th of June this year, 2018. Um, he's got 15 or so speakers, and some of them are yeah, very, very credible indeed, and it's free, so go check it out if you're interested in acquiring new JavaScript skills for WordPress. You can uh, you can certainly check it out there. And last one from the WPMU dev website. They've got a new white label option for their client reporting um, reports. Sorry, I shouldn't say they've got a new white label option. They've got this new client report option, which is white labelable. And it allows you to send out reports to your clients if you use their hub. I confess I don't, but I know that quite a lot of people do. And also, quite interestingly, it creates a developer report as well. So it creates a more detailed report that you can send to yourself to tell you in more detail what what it is that you um, need to do on client websites. If you're in their ecosystem, it might be worth checking out. Right. Okay, that's the end of the news. So the... The bit that David and I are going to do next is all about where to get inspiration. And then after that, we're going to be listening to Robbie from Beaver Builder talking about what's happened um, to get Beaver Builder 2.0 out the door, but also what's in the future. And as I said, Guttenberg features heavily. Great episode. Love Robbie and love the Beaver Builder team. So certainly worth a listen. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Over to me and Dave for the conversation, the discussion. Here we go. And this week, we are talking about where to get inspiration. Nathan, I think probably anyone who knows us will know that we don't really need inspiration. They've probably visited the WP Builds site and realized all that talent is natural. Yeah, (laughs) really, I think... um... I think it's high time that you and I received an award for the, for the WP Builds website. Never before has a website been so poorly put together as our WP Builds website. Sometimes I look at it and just chuckle and think, uh, and think, you know what? Let's just leave it as bad as this. Let's just leave it dry. because we put it together um in haste didn't we literally i I threw it together with uh, did you were you involved in that or did i just chuck it together i can't remember it's all your work it's all mine and and i did did it in 10 minutes or half an hour or something because (laughs) it was just well we need something for the podcast and it's never been looked at again (laughs) i've I've learned to love it yeah exactly oh dear and i actually got an email uh, a little while ago i can't remember from who an email through the contact form basically saying exactly that somebody said (laughs) do you mind if we um do you mind if we fix your website so that it looks good and we'll do it for free (laughs) i replied saying look you know that's really kind but uh, we're constantly banging on about, you know, the, the, the fact you need to be paid for your work. And I said, I can't pay you, so uh, we'll just leave it as bad as it is. But yes, uh, we digress. Where do we get inspiration? Well, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's an awful... I think this is going to be an education for both of us because 
hopefully by the end of this, some people will actually reach out to us and put some comments, uh, yes. you know, underneath saying where they reach out for inspiration. Because I'm I'm all out of ideas these days. Um, go back ten years ago, or whenever, mm. and I was obsessive about the latest trend. You know, I would habitually look on CSS tricks whenever there was a new post and see how to do the latest, greatest fun thing and read up about jQuery and what it could now do that it couldn't do before and try out um, in mm. in HTML and JavaScript, uh, you know, making things slide in and move over and all of that kind of stuff. But to be honest with you, all of that has dropped away from me recently. And when you when you suggested this as a title for a an episode, I, I literally thought, I, I don't, I no longer look particularly apart from on Facebook, mm. where people who are in our group and a whole variety of other Facebook groups post links, thankfully, to their lovely new websites that they've built. And I mm. go and look at those. So that tends to be now where my inspiration lies. And that's largely because I've gone down the route of um, using a page builder, Beaver Builder, in my case at the moment. And um, and so I use I, I'm, I use the constraints that 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 gives me, um, and a lot of the the ones in the Facebook groups are built with the same technologies. And so I just look, oh, okay, that's nice what they've done there, and they've used this module and that module. So that's my inspiration, which is not I, I'm I'm sort of ashamed to say all of that, but there you go. It's very honest. What about you? Yeah. Well, I think it's probably even worse for me. I no. think it's it's kind of it's getting to the point where it where it's kind of gives you content, and I'll slap it up in one of the two styles I learned five years ago <laughs> <laughs> with some new colours. I think that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> no, I do I do try and take inspiration from the same place really as you that I've actually started taking to screenshotting some of the sites that wow me from the groups when particularly when they're using the same tools as I am. What so, do you do with them, though? Once you've taken, that's an interesting thing because I can totally see the value of that. My problem would be curating that over time. How do you, how do you go back and peruse what you once thought was really cool? Well, <laughs> we'll find out ah. <laughs> because I've only just started. So no, Good. I have. You know, I think it's when I'm stuck and I just want some inspiration. I don't get. This is the thing, really. I mean, I'm talking about this topic, but. It's very rare that I actually need to do much design, and I think mm. I'll have to do more quickly. So I want kind of quick color palettes and ideas, particularly as I move to more towards these sort of one, two, three-day web builds where the pressure's on. And uh, mm, so I'm thinking much more about it than I've ever needed to. So for your, let's say, for example, let's break it down then. Um, mm. I've kind of relied recently on a handful of fonts that I really like, which are very usable and very readable. Things like Railway and Lato. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, Lato. Um, and I'm, I haven't really expanded much beyond those, except for things like, you know, uh, H1, H2 tags and things where you mess around with it a little bit. Um, and then there are certain websites that I go to to find um, color matches. And actually, I can't tell you the name of the uh, the website that I use most recently, but... I've got it in a bookmark somewhere um, and it basically it presents a bunch or it presents five uh, vertical, well, columns are oh, vertical, aren't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> five it cooler? Yeah, uh, it could be. Uh, no, not C-U-L, no, not the Adobe one. This is another one. But basically it just gives you some, some five uh, columns and then you tweak each one and then it can adjust things. That works really well for me. That gives me a lot of really nice ideas, some of which... 
uh, work really well, some of which are, are not so good. But, you know, I, I tend to sort of look at uh, other people's websites off Facebook, like I said, and then I'll say, okay, I, I like the way that yellow goes with the black. And then I'll go to that website, put that yellow in and that black in and see what it throws up as the other three colors that you might like to use with it. Yeah, I bet we're talking about the same one. I bet mm. I, it's the one I use, coolers.co. Yes, it's, uh, yes. C-O-O-L-O-R-S. Hang on, I'm going to try that. Co. Spell that again, C-O-O. Yeah, L-O-R-S dot co. Dot C-O, yeah, that, that, look, that sounds about right. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, the one. My... Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you were talking about font pairings there. Often I go and look for inspiration on Google font pairs, but I don't know about you. I'm never that impressed. It never kind of works for me. I have to see a font pair on a live site. Yeah, I I don't do any of that. I I just rely on the ones that I like. And then occasionally I'll see something on one of these sites and I'll just, you know, view source or inspect and see what, what it is. I'm a bit conservative with fonts. I personally, I, I just like the, the few that I've got. And if the client has a strong uh, inclination, which in my experience, fonts is, is not something they're too uh, fussy about, you know, so long as it's readable, um, then I'll change it happily. I'm not wedded to one or the other. I just use my little palette of ones that I know and like. Um, and like I say, I fiddle with the headings and things like that, but, um, yeah, so not, not a great deal there, but wh- where do you go? Do you, do you sort of have a heritage of obsessing about this sort of stuff and, and it's dropped off or did you never worry too much about it? I don't think I, I ever did too much. I, you know, you just try and improve all the time, but I'd certainly, you know, I've done sites and, you know, you can get stuck on them, can't you, for a long time. And I do a lot of this constantly going back and changing it you know i spend a lot of time in the browser fiddling around with stuff to and still not knowing where i'm going and actually here's my inspiration my wife now um oh that's such a nice little sound bite (laughs) i know i'm gonna kill this though in a minute (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean my wife is not someone who I think of as having great taste. I mean, she's married <laughs> to me for one thing. <laughs> but <laughs> every time she looks at something that I'm trying to put together with colors, she always gives me the right information. She always, you know, it can be brutal at times, but it's, uh, yeah, she's always right. And it's interesting. I, um, so maybe- I have a friend who's a, a graphic designer and she, she just knows color. Um, mm. she just gets it, you know, her house is beautiful with colors that look dreadful on paper. You know, if you saw <laughs> the color, if you, if you painted a piece of paper and held it in your hand, that color, you'd think, oh no. But then she puts it on a wall next to another one and it's fabulous. And her, her graphic design work is just beautiful. And, and I, I'm sure I could learn that stuff. Um, but I think there's an yeah. instinctive thing about it as well. She she puts two things together that I think look awful apart and and they they mm. work very very well. She's kind of made a bit of a name for herself around here um sort of offering people advice for interior decor uh, oddly because she's just got such a raw talent for those kind of things. Um Yeah. I know those people. You know, interestingly Kate O'Brien's come to mind and just on something you said earlier about how to sort of keep tabs on your inspiration. She, she, I think, has a natural talent for design. Really simple. She managed to keep everything kind of 
lots of white space and simple. But I, I know that she uses Pinterest and she goes and gets her inspiration from all over the place on Pinterest and sticks them together for sort of themes. That seems to be a very a very good way of doing it, Pinterest. I mean, mm. I can count on one finger the amount of times that I've actually opened Pinterest and got stuck into it. Um, I, I just don't enjoy that perusing. I, it just doesn't offer me anything anymore. Whereas, like I said, 10 years ago, I would have spent whole days looking and thinking, oh, that's lovely. Oh, I like that. Oh, no, not that. Um, but I've, I've, I've just moved away from it. And I think it's largely... Uh, tied, like I said, to the choice of tools that I've got. Um, because whilst the tools offer me the ability to do things very quickly, they do box me in a little bit with um, with sort of, with limitations on what I can do. Obviously, not with fonts and colours; that's limitless. Mm. But with you know, um, I, I, I I can't make whole things appear from the side, or it's not a bespoke, brand new, super funky creation. And that's mm. what we were talking about before the call began. We were. We were sort of musing as to whether whether or not brand new and amazing is mm. is always worth doing. Um, mm. you know, is there some value in doing something a little bit more conservative that's a bit more traditional and familiar? Like a page builder kind of pushes you to do, whereas somebody who's obviously building uh, something absolutely from scratch, you know, not even necessarily using WordPress... Um, they can do anything they like and you go and see these sites where things things are just quirky you know there's a crazy angle here or something's overlapping in a way that you never have seen before or something slides in or is tilted at a certain angle and you think that looks really cool it's like it's in a magazine (laughs) but it was it worth the amount of money and time that that was spent on it does it convert better because of that I, i don't know what what do you think yeah, well, I I don't know how to say it again. The awards, which is like A W W W awards, awards, yeah. So that site that that does you know um, give awards for design. I mean, it always features really crazy stuff. When I look at, it, I think I'm never going to copy that. But when I go and look over old years. I find a lot of them have completely changed the design or disappeared altogether. So ah. it does make me wonder you know, uh, whether they, whether it was a bit of indulgence on the part of the designer and the company and not really focused on the visitor. I guess that's an important consideration though, isn't it? If, if your job is design, um, mm. and that's exactly what you, you know, your field is sim- simply designed, then that those kind of things would be really important to you, wouldn't they? And sweating those details and making everything look utterly unique and something that you can say, that's mine, nobody's done that before. That would be very important, mm. but uh, I'm not sure that they always necessarily align with the kind of websites that I build because, it, you know, selling houses or widgets or cooking implements yeah. or whatever it is, you don't necessarily want to push the boundaries of design. You want it to be clear and, you know, um, there's a reason why Magento sets its shop out in that way and WooCommerce sets out the cart in that way because it, it's been proven to work over time for the majority, you know, the bell curve, standard distribution. Yeah. You're trying to catch as many as you can, not the ones at the far left and the far right who are either utterly disinterested in design or really obsessive about it. You're going for the the, the, the majority in the middle and I suppose that's where kind of ordinary, normal mm. design lives. And, and there's much more function. I think, you know, sort of aesthetic design and what you can do 
it has kind of died away a little bit more. I think if I get inspired by something, um, it's often now maybe something in the interface, if you like. So mm. it might be the way that you fill in a form, how that responds yep. to you, what the user's doing. Now, I can't implement that uh, necessarily, but that kind of thing is a, a new source of inspiration because in some ways the design needs to be kept as simple as possible for the visitor who needs to carry out the action. So mm. you kind of remove a lot of the the aesthetics to yeah. that. T- Ten mm. years ago, I was very interested in copying what other mm. people had done um, to make the site look a certain way. And now my inspiration, what I'm fascinated by is what, what people build that I can use. So, mm. you know, what, what add-ons for page builders um, ca- can I adopt and use? That sort of stuff excites me. The, 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 the stuff that's inside WordPress that I can, you know, the latest form plugin mm. or the latest calendar plugin, that sort of stuff excites me, which is, precisely what disinterests the client so i do feel that there's a bit of a gap opening up between what i'm capable of doing and perhaps what the client expects and i probably should start looking on pinterest more and these websites and you know discover where the where the where it's all going a little bit more i feel like i'm getting a little bit left behind as as we can all see on the wp builds website (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, and that's you know the other thing we, I mentioned to you earlier is about you know we you know I'm responsible with my colleague for producing some really ugly sites, and um, you know particularly ones I'm thinking of sort of games industries that they're making games really for sort of seaside towns, and they're kind of ugly, and it's it's just really mirroring the kind of designs that they do for their own games, which right. are really gaudy and disgusting. But I do, to my taste and aesthetic, and I would think most people, it wouldn't appeal, but it is, you know, for the, the well, this won't make sense to our global audience, but, you know, it will to you, the folks who are sitting playing bingo in Mablethorpe, smoking 40 fags a day, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> I've just insulted everybody, haven't I now? <laughs> it goes to Mablethorpe. No, I I, I just like the use. Uh, I just like the use of the fla- the phrase "our global audience." <laughs> like there's a global audience. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that's brilliant. No, I suppose that's true, though, isn't it? You know, at the a good designer is going to build uh, a design which fits very much with the demographic of who they're aiming at. So, for example, your uh, typical person playing arcade games in Mablethorpe, as you say. Um, might have a very different approach to to somebody who is uh, owning a, a a shoe shop in Savile Row in London, or mm. you know um, selling um, perfume and makeup in Paris or something like that, or clothes in Milan. Um, yeah. Not that I've got those clients, by the way. We should <laughs> emphasise that. But there's there's going to be something. There's going to be a difference, and so I suppose you'd, you'd go and find the inspiration. For, for what works for that particular audience. I should say that mm. I get um, loads and loads of emails from every sphere. I sign up to everything because but that's just the way I do things. And so I get hundreds of emails a week, um, m- most of which get deleted, but, you know, open up a lot. And I get beautiful emails from certain companies. I mean, just stunning. The amount of work that's gone into them is incredible. 
and and but to be honest, they don't appeal to me any more than 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 ones which are based upon text. So the very very successful internet marketers all seem to write in Arial, black on white, with blue links. So mm. I wonder how much design really really converts, um, or, or whether or not we we just obsess about it because it's something to obsess about. Yeah. No, I and it seems the simpler the site, the better. That, you know, one of our friends, um, Dave Toomey, he he did a very quick design, didn't he, for one of his sites there, and that was just pretty much text, wasn't it? It was lovely. Um, we, we, yeah, and I just thought, oh, that's so refreshing. Yeah, kind of all the design was removed. You just focused on the message. Yeah, <laughs> one button at the end. Yeah. Well, with almost twenty minutes on the clock, maybe we should. Um end this one but but it i suppose there is a bit of a call here because unlike in most episodes where we finish it, it it's pretty clear that both david and i need inspiration um for our websites so i'd be really interested what websites do you use what um, resources do you use you know is there anything that just sort of stands out and you think that would be great everybody ought to know about this one whether it's for selecting fonts or colors or just looking at a whole raft of cool looking websites that would be uh, that would be nice. So should we should we knock it on the head there? Yeah, just a quick call out to the people at Mablethorpe. We are available for hire. Right, and we are dreadful, so we're right up your street. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, on to the interview. <laughs> well, we're welcoming back to the WP Builds podcast, Robbie McCulloch. I think this is Robbie, your third time on our podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that sounds about right now that you mention it. That makes you the most popular person that's ever been on, apart from me and David, who are on every single blooming week. So, yeah, well, welcome back. Thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. It's Yeah, it's good to, good to hear you. Good to chat with you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we're here today to talk about Robbie and all the stuff that he does. Now, Robbie, as you may or may not know, is one of the three founding partners of the Beaver Builder plugin and the Beaver Thema plugin and, you know, all things to do with Beaver Builder. And we're going to talk today about all the stuff that's happened since he was last on the show, which was just after Thema came out. And then talk about a little bit about, you know, what's been happening in his life and also what's on the, the future, in the future, should I say. So, yeah, should we go should we go for the past? I think when we last spoke, Thema had just come out. Since then, you've had a massive, massive iteration of the Beaver Builder plugin. We're on version 2 point something. Um, how's that gone? How's it been received? How hard was it to get out? Any calamities? Any fun stories to tell us? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um so in Beaver Builder, it was 2.0 that we did a major UI refresh. So we completely changed the appearance of the software and the the experience stayed more or less the same, but we really we refreshed and modernized and tweaked a lot of things. And it, you know, gosh, looking back on it since we've launched it, it's been so smooth. I think one of the things that kept me up at night while we were working on it was this idea that, you know, like anytime Facebook or, or a big company changes something, they get all this backlash. You know, everyone yep. everyone hates it every time Facebook changes the like to a heart or tries to tweak anything. And 
I know I think we were all really worried that making these big changes were it was going to upset people or people weren't going to like it. I mean, it was that that kind of self-doubt um, throughout the entire process. And it wasn't until we launched it and got it out in front of everyone that we realized that it, it, there was hardly any pushback at all. Nice. So that was that was probably the best. Yeah, the best thing we could have asked for. That's um that I mean it, it kind of makes sense to me because although I didn't think the old one point whatever uh, Beaver Builder version was stale, after you get ten minutes into playing with the new one, you you do quickly realise you know that actually this is significantly improved. So so what did you do? You um you know all the all the boring stuff like the buttons changed <laughs> color and and but my favourite feature actually is the fact that you can pin the the elements when you click on a, a module it you can pin that to the side and i i love that that's my absolute favorite oh interesting that's good to know i, I don't know why that kind of works for me but essentially i always push it to the left hard to the left so that it's about on my monitor it's about i don't know three inches wide or something and i work with it entirely scrolling up and down on the left and have the have nothing getting in the way because that was an irritation with me with the old beaver builder was that when you'd click on a module the the window would sit in front of what you were trying to do so you were editing text you'd sort of pull it out of the way sometimes to see what the amendments were doing so that's my that's my top top number one. Oh, good yeah that was that was definitely a that was a big one and yeah the whole the whole thing was it was just a bunch of little niceties like that that just you know make the experience better and then the the ability to customize the UI to yep. your liking was yep. something that we never really had before. But now we've got, you know, we've got the different uh, color schemes and we've got the different layout options for the toolbar. And I've just uh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still old school. Yeah, I I, I haven't I, I like using the toolbar pinned to the side for certain things, but I still I still haven't broken my old habit of having the kind of traditional box pop up. I don't know I don't know why I should probably just. Stick it, stick it on the left. <laughs> stick it on the yeah. left and be done with it. And also, <laughs> the big, the other big thing for me is the speed. Um, in <laughs> every way, it's quicker. Uh, I never noticed, like I said before, I never noticed the blue wheel when you would uh, either save something or open a module. There'd be a moment, usually it was a couple of seconds, where this little wheel would spin and things would load in the background and so on. And, and it never occurred to me that that was um, something to be gotten rid of. And yet... Now it never spins at all. It just <laughs> immediately you click the button and it comes up. Was all of that stuff tremendously hard to pull off, or was it trivially easy? <laughs> uh, it's nice of you to ask. Yeah, sometimes those little, you know, what what appears simple on the front end are are the yeah. things that require the most work on the back end. And that was, I think, could definitely fall into that category. Uh, we we rewrote a lot of the logic for saving settings. Um, in JavaScript. So we brought it to the front end. And what was happening before is we were doing Ajax calls. We were basically pinging back to the server whenever you saved a setting or whatever yeah. you, you know, moved a module around. It was pinging back to the server, loading it or saving it into the, I, I you know, I shouldn't speak too much on the technical details, but because okay. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I don't think it was saving it to the database, but it, basically we were doing a lot of server back and forths and then waiting for the server to respond back to give us like a green light and say, OK, you know, you can move on. And that's what that blue loading bar was yep. was doing, was just waiting for those responses. So we moved a lot of that over to the front end and then we put a lot of that um, that wait time or that downtime. We just kind of tucked it away behind the scenes. So 
things are still you know syncing back and forth and saving in the background but you're not having to wait for it and things are updating on the fly on the front end so yeah it it, it it's one of those things that that is a simple you know it's just a couple seconds off of each load time but that was one of the major overhauls i mean you know the number of lines of code that was written and changed to make that happen was probably one of the more substantial yeah it's very impressive and it just it it, it kind of behaves like a piece of desktop software you know it, it just you click something and something immediately updates itself yeah it's really nice um oh, yeah thank you that's nice of you to say well, well I'm, I'm pleased that i'm pleased that things like that have happened uh so the fact that it's all happening in the browser does that mean that if I were not to have a fairly reasonably up-to-date computer, you know, if I had a real old 15-year-old laptop um, with a terribly old CPU and all of that kind of stuff, would that mean that the it would be sluggish in that situation or does it really not matter? It, it, gosh, that's a good question. I think most modern computers these days, where, where Beaver Builder can get sluggish on you know on old boxes um is when you're dealing with huge pages so this this is one of those like chicken and the egg kind of problems right like if you if you have a huge page with tons of images and tons of text you know maybe that's part of the problem like maybe it's easier to solve that as a design problem than it is to buy a new computer or upgrade your software right but like we have a page on our site of all of the all of the uh, freelancers and agencies we call it our recommended builders page yes and it's been on my to-do list forever now to break that page up into sections, either maybe by region or specialty or something like that. Because right now it's just a giant list of there's probably 50, 70 different people on there. And each one of them has a logo and a screenshot of their homepage and text. And so when you get in there, there's you know 70 or 100 rows and, and all these different modules. And and I imagine if I tried to tweak that page on a you know, <laughs> 10-year-old computer, I would have a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Well, uh, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, if you no, haven't, no. Um, if you haven't played with Beaver Builder 2.0, then seriously, seriously, have a go. It's, it is, it's a fine piece of software, um, and delightfully, uh, I've used it on quite a few sites, and to my glee, nothing, absolutely nothing, went wrong when I migrated things from one point. Well, where did we get to? One point. Oh, that's a good question. Is it one point? I think 1.9. Yeah, I think we what, got to 1.9. That's what I want to say as well. And um, then went up to 2.0. Well, there was the t- I had real trepidation the first time. So I did the thing that, you know, people who are as freaked out by breaking things as I am. I took a complete clone of a site and updated it on a clone. And sure. Perfect. Nothing. And then did it again. And then that was fine. So I thought, right, sack it. I'm just going to press the button now and that's what i did on everything and it was seamless so a testament to um you know if you're changing an awful lot of stuff and manage to keep everything working fantastic job well done Um, good thank you so the ui sorry go on oh i just to that point i I know that we snuck in some of that logic like we rewrote a lot of the uh you know a lot of the things going on behind the scenes and we snuck in a lot of that refactoring in Uh... some of the 1.9 releases so that was that was part of the the magic there and then we also took a really really long time during the alpha and beta testing periods a lot longer than any other release to just ensure that we were ironing out all of those kinks because it was such a big a big change did anything um 
get left out. I mean, you obviously, if if stuff's been left out so that you can still do it and you don't wish to talk about it, that's fine. But was there anything that was holding up 2.0 that in the end you just said, nope, nope, just bin it for now. Let's just move on and get it shipped. Yeah, I, I mean, there definitely was. Um, although that's that's kind of a loaded question because that's kind yeah. of like a, a daydream. <laughs> still, like if we could have you know everything we wanted and do it now, could we have done? Like, there's always things that we're we're kind of pushing off or, or working on separately. Yeah, I know that. You know, anytime you release something out into the wild, too, and one of the things we've been talking about and looking into for 2.1 is kind of tweaking. 2.0 now that it's been out in the wild for a while and we've had a lot of people using it and ourselves you know we're all using it internally and we've had a lot of time now all of the new kind of little little rough edges are starting to show things that maybe we didn't realize that we wanted to do before so oh, that's interesting it's kind of like a an ongoing uh a never-ending process right yeah well I'll, I'll bet it is from from my point of view it i just wait and click the update and see if i can find anything new or i go and watch a david wormsley video because um, yeah. he basically is on top of it the whole time. And uh, uh, yeah, but it's been wonderful. Now, the, the sort of elephant in the room, I guess, since we last spoke is Gothenburg, as I pronounce it. I think you're probably going to pronounce it differently than that. But um, we've got this Leviathan, this giant change coming to WordPress very soon, as it happens. Mm-hmm. And since we last had you on the podcast, there's been so many polemic um posts written about it's the apocalypse it's the end no it's the future it's the beginning of everything it's going to be wonderful it's going to destroy all page builders no it's going to make page builders much better and so it goes and i have i've played with it but from somebody who sweats the detail as much as you what's your take on it do you are you are you happy about this are you confident would you rather it was a little bit later tell us tell us about gutenberg and beaver builder yeah, good good questions. It has been an interesting year in WordPress, and I think the next year, the next six months are going to be even more interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I am optimistic. I try to be, you know, I'm an optimist just in general. So I'm very optimistic about Gutenberg. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really hopeful that it is rolled out smoothly and that it is going to be a good thing for WordPress. Um, you know, a lot of the kind of doom and gloom and apocalyptic posts and, and opinions, I really don't don't subscribe to those or, you know, if, uh, I'd much rather focus on on the good than the bad, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's a beautiful piece of software that the, the, they've made so many leaps and bounds with every release. The yep. pace of development on it has been phenomenal. Yeah. I had a really good time. We went. We all went to WordCamp US in Nashville a couple months ago. It was in December, mm-hmm. and the highlight of the weekend was during the State of the Word, the kind of the keynote address. They did a live demo of Gutenberg, and they showed off some of the new features that hadn't been publicly uh, released yet. And you could almost feel the crowd. The, the, the tide of opinion shifting in the crowd yep. as they were doing it. They did such a great job. And what was really discouraging to me throughout the whole process was just how negative the 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 tone was around the conversation and how, how adamantly the WordPress community was not embracing this new piece of software. And 
Um, you know, there were talks of forking WordPress and, and you know, all, all the negativity. It just didn't bode. It didn't feel well. It didn't feel like it was going to be a good yep. a good thing if the community didn't get behind it. So that was a huge shift in in uh, in opinion there. And that was good as it as it is. So, of course, I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't some, you know, concern or curiosity on our part as to how much Gutenberg as it evolves is going to, you know, encroach on what Beaver Builder does. And I think that Gutenberg and the decision by the core team to focus so much on customization and editing in Gutenberg, I think a lot of that is is due to it's it's for the same reasons that that Beaver Builder and other page builders have had such rapid growth and mm. success over the last few years. It's because it's really filling a niche that was that was uh, a, a void, maybe better put, <laughs> in yep. WordPress. Yep. So, in terms of of that, you know, I, I guess that we're we're hopeful, of course, that we're going to be able to find our niche in that space as Gutenberg evolves. Um, and but it's been it's still so early in the process. I mean, Gutenberg is still just uh, an editor. It hasn't they haven't gotten into the kind of site customization part that is really going to look a lot more familiar, I think, to what we're doing. So yeah. it's all very speculative, speculative right now. And and uh, we're just kind of playing things by ear in that sense and waiting to see what it looks like and, and where it's heading. It feels to me like a, huh, if I say this, I'm going to be shot. I know, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it feels like a basic version of a page builder. Dare I say that? Um, in that it, 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 you know, it's modifying text and images, but it doesn't have all of the phenomenal bells and whistles stuff that, that you're your page builder, Beaver Builder has. Um, and it feels almost like it's... The, oh, dear me, I am so <laughs> going to be shot. Like the blogger's equivalent of it. You know, it's just something <laughs> nice and straightforward. There it is. It's the kind of thing that you could very simply put in front of a client who has zero interest in finding out how this stuff works. They just want it to be intuitive. It feels like that. And so right. it, it almost feels to me like that's the end game. Um, make something which can, um, that can pretend to do the things that, no, not pretend, that can do the things that medium uh, and so on can do. You know, it's got those fancy editing options. You can drop an image in and resize it and move it to the left and the right and shift, shift things around and drag things up and down and what have you. But it's not, it doesn't feel to me like it's trying to build uh, entire custom websites with um you know uh, all of the bells and whistles that you've got do, do you think i've misjudged it there or you think that's about right? oh yeah you're, you're in big trouble now yeah <laughs> <The> pitchforks are coming <laughs> yeah, right no I, i'm scared of saying things like this sometimes. <laughs> no and embrace the controversy right yeah you know that it's yeah it's interesting um i think so one of the things that matt mentioned matt mullenweg uh, in the state of the word was that they were building Gutenberg for for users, yeah. and you know at those word camps and if you're a you know regular or follower of WP Tavern or you know any of the WordPress news sites, most of the people that are tuned into the WordPress community are on the kind of professional developer end of the spectrum. Yes, um, but with WordPress powering, I think it's almost thirty percent of yeah, the internet now. Twenty nine. You know. That's it's a vocal yeah okay it's 29 that's a it, we're we're the vocal minority i think you know the the 
the average user of WordPress probably doesn't read WP Tavern or attend word camps or meetups, and they don't even really care about any of this, I would imagine, right? That's like they're just point. worried about yeah. getting their site up or their blog up or, uh, and then, you know, when something like a Wix or a Squarespace or a Shopify shows up, you know, that's an enticing, you know, anyone that's had a nightmare experience updating WordPress or has had, you know, their site hacked or any of those kind of using the term rough edges again with WordPress. Um, yeah, those those other options look appealing. And so then thinking, too, about the, the mission statement of the WordPress project, which is to democratize publishing, you know, I think they're working towards a publishing platform that can be mainstream that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think the aspirations are to get to 50% of the internet or, you know, maybe you'll hear people say 100% of the internet is, is realistic or, or not, as that may be, but. Yeah, I, th I think, I think I agree with you and, and actually it's so, e well, not only is it easy to forget, but I have forgotten that. I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber, you know, because I, I read the WP Tavern and a host of other WordPress um, blogs. And I my Facebook feed is entirely full of WordPress stuff. And so I'm probably getting all of the stuff about Gutenberg and, and all of those people who are criticizing it. That They're not really necessarily thinking about the fact that the vast majority, I don't know what the percentage is, of people that are publishing with WordPress have very little technical expertise and in or even interest in being technical they just want something which is familiar obvious straight out of the box and and of course that's wordpress's job but i <laughs> don't seem to live in that universe i want the complexity all the time and i want the the whiz bang and the latest greatest thing um so yeah yeah what what, what analogy i've been using or trying to use recently is um and again, this is a hopeful analogy, right? This is what we would hope will, will WordPress will look like in a year or two years. But, you know, we see Gutenberg and then the editing experience kind of like like Instagram. And we want to be more on the, the end of the spectrum of like a Photoshop. We want ah, to, yes. you know, continue having the bells and the whistles and the fine details and and catering to that that more professional end of the spectrum. Um, but then our hope is that kind of similar to how Instagram and iPhone cameras introduced a whole new generation of of people to photography and and you know color grading and and contrast and all that um, it, our hope is that Gutenberg will expand the market and will in, continue to increase WordPress's market share and then as people come on and can, you know start using WordPress and they're looking for the next level the next step that's where where tools like Beaver Builder will come in. Yeah, that's a really good point and probably something that everybody's ignoring because it feels like the debate is, uh, you know, if, if Gutenberg's in there, well, that's it. That's all we're going to need. Whereas, of course, it's not. Um, there's going to be people who very quickly work out, oh, I'm mean, really enjoying this. I want to dig a little bit deeper. And they then search around for ways to expand on Gutenberg and then hopefully, you know, with whatever... Um, approach you take, you'll be able to offer them something which complements it or stands in, not necessarily opposition to it, but it, here's something else you can do, which is much more complicated and you can get your teeth into this a little bit more. With that in mind, do you have data about your users in terms of, I don't know, maybe support requests? Do you find that Beaver Builder users are generally quite technical or are they, you know, technical people who are looking to do things quickly or are they... Or, or is there quite a large proportion of people who r really 
um, are not technical and they struggle with even the basics of getting a page built with the with the page builder? Yeah, that's a good question. We're getting a lot better at learning about who our customers and our users are. Um, if you'd ask me that question, maybe the first time we talked, however, whenever that was a year ago, two yeah, years ago, yeah. I wouldn't have had nearly as, as good of an idea. Um, but yeah, it, it, in general, yes, I do think that a lot of our customers are web professionals or people on the more you know technical end of the spectrum that are using a page builder because it saves them time. Yes. It's we also suffer or have the kind of vocal minority problem too, but where, you know, Nathan, you're a member of our of our Facebook group and our Facebook group is phenomenal and it's where we do a lot of our kind of fishing for information like that. We post polls and ask questions and, and that's where a lot of the conversations happen between us and the and the user community. Um, but we, we realized, I mean, again, this is one of those things that we just, it was like an aha moment when we thought about it, but there's, we're about to hit 11,000 people in that yes, Facebook group. It's phenomenal. Which is amazing. Um, but it is only, that's, that's only a fraction of our customer base. Mm. And that's a much, much smaller fraction of our user base. Uh, we're also about to hit about 600,000 active websites uh, total. And we wow. did a partnership with GoDaddy yes. over the last year. So a lot of those users that are coming on and using the light version of Beaver Builder are GoDaddy customers. And the, the GoDaddy customers, you know, GoDaddy's marketing um, very heavily to small businesses and to mm -hmm. people that are, you know, putting up their first website or, or, or getting started. So um, especially in the last year with that partnership, we've been bringing a lot of people on board that maybe aren't in that technical end of the spectrum. Um, so it's, it's, but we also, it's a little bit harder to get in touch with those people. A lot of times we don't have their email address. If they don't sign up for, uh, for a license, you know, if they're using the light version, um, we, we don't, we don't know as much about them, hmm. but the, the core group that we kind of started with and have been growing with for, for since the beginning and the, and the folks that we talked to on Facebook and, uh, that that kind of segment of our of our user base is definitely more on the on the professional end of the spectrum. Yeah, I was just wondering because it strikes me that the you know the the users who just want something very basic um, that they might be quite satisfied with what what Gutenberg can provide. Um, and if ninety five percent of your users were those people, then that would be problematic. But if sure. you know eighty percent, ninety percent of your users are technical people who are simply after. Uh, a quick way and a very visual way to do things, then you're going to take them with you no matter what Gutenberg does, I think, because they're, they're still going to want more than, than, than what Gutenberg is ultimately built to provide, which is something simple for the, for the vast majority of WordPress users, like we said, who don't have technical capabilities or particularly any interest in gaining those technical capabilities. I'm wondering, staying on the Gutenberg thing, which is probably the most boring topic that you've, you know, you've got to talk about <laughs> endlessly with people over and over again. But do you have any thoughts yet about? Well, step back a sec. If if you use Beaver oh. Builder at the moment, you you create a page uh, and you give it a title, and then you click a blue button, and the page builder takes over the entire experience. And now you've got the page builder completely separate from the the the, the page edit screen, if you like. With Gutenberg, does that feel like that is going to shift a bit and you'll be kind of 
doing things inside of Gutenberg, or will you be doing things still by taking over the entire screen? That's maybe a bizarre question, but... Yeah, no, no, like a, we, we kind of consider it an alternate editing experience, right? right? Like we're, Beaver Builder is an alternate to the WordPress editor as it exists today. Right. Gutenberg is an alternate to the, or an alternative to the, the WordPress editor as it is today as well. And it, that's a, it's a really good question because we're still we're still trying to figure that part out. Yes. Um, my my take on it as kind of the marketer as the you know non non developer type, when I heard about this push from short codes and menus and widgets to blocks, right? Everything's going to be encapsulated yeah. as a block, yeah. and and everything's going to be modernized, and we won't have to deal with all this kind of cruft and old technical debt of, of the. That sounded great to me. I was like, oh, we'll just you know we'll just make blocks compatible and Beaver Builder, and and then that's going to be perfect. You know how how, how brilliant. Um, but on yeah, the technical but. <laughs> end, it, it wasn't quite that simple. Um, <laughs> So we, we have some kind of experimental builds and code right now where uh, we're bringing Beaver Builder layouts into Gutenberg and you can edit them in Gutenberg. And then we're, we also have experimented a little bit with the, the reverse of trying to bring blocks into Beaver Builder. Uh, but as it exists today, that really isn't possible. Um, to work with blocks, you really need to be in the Gutenberg environment. Right. So, that and that's something that I think is going to continue to evolve as the project evolves. Mm. And so, you know, that was kind of one of our first when we were dipping our feet into the into the Gutenberg pool and trying to figure out what we could do and how we could embrace it and extend it. That was one of the first initial ideas. Um, but as it exists now, I don't think that's what it's going to look like. I read a post recently from the guys at the events calendar who I know you've, yeah. you've worked with and they've gone all in, haven't they? They've decided to, you know, basically um, hold, get get their staff to begin again, if you like, and go all in with Gutenberg. Oh, I said Gutenberg instead of Gutenberg. And, <laughs> um, and, and I was wondering how much, uh, because it's still in flux and we don't quite know what it's going to look like, although that's solidifying as time goes on, how much time have you wasted if you like going down <laughs> a certain avenue only to have the the wool pull the rug not wool the rug pulled from under your feet uh, you know a month or so later when oh okay it's not what we thought this is now what gutenberg is looking like you know or this experiment simply didn't work it's not going to pan out the way we hoped have you wasted a lot of time or are you more right we'll hold out until wordpress 5 comes along then we'll go nuts on it Good question. Let me try and let me let me try and unpack that on behalf of the dev team. <laughs> yeah. um, I, so we haven't. I wouldn't. I, I think I wouldn't say wasted. Um, we have spent time familiarizing ourselves with Gutenberg and working on you know experimenting with what is possible in terms of compatibility and you know everything we were talking about before. From that, though, we've we we've done a deep dive into React and a lot of the new oh, okay. technologies that that Gutenberg is is introducing to WordPress, really, or at least is making a lot more prevalent. And in doing that, I know that we're starting to kind of dabble and borrow and start bringing some of that technology over to Beaver Builder Core, completely separate from any mm -hmm. of the work we're doing to become compatible with Gutenberg. So. 
it, it, you know, I, I, it's never anytime you're, you're experimenting or getting into a project like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's time wasted because no. it's, it's a learning opportunity and, yeah. and we're taking some of those lessons that we've learned, uh, and, and applying them to more tangible and more, um, you, you know, short term things that we can do in Beaver Builder. So that's been really exciting to see. And then it just that that kind of taps into another deeper point too of, of Gutenberg and the push from the WordPress core team. You know, I think one of the reasons that they are pushing Gutenberg so hard and that they are embracing and adopting these new technologies is because WordPress has this long history of technical debt and backwards compatible mm. PHP code. Mm. And they're really, this is the first step in modernizing the code base. Um, Chris Lemma wrote a really great article about this. Yep. And maybe we can link it in the show notes. But just to kind of quickly summarize, his 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 take on it, I'm actually I'm gonna mangle this up, but he I think he compared it to an airplane. And you know, if you're on an airplane and you need to change like your engines, the pilot can't just get on the intercom and say, you know, like we're gonna take an engine out. Like you gotta <laughs> you gotta uh <laughs> Right. Like that would be horrible because then everyone would run to the door. I mean, they wouldn't run to the door. They'd just be terrified in their seats. It's an airplane. <laughs> uh, but what you do is you say, oh, you know, we're going to work on this one specific piece and we're going to, you know, we're going to make this a lot better. While that, Or maybe they use the ship analogy. I don't know. But idea being that uh, that this is the first step in modernizing the code base. And that's something that's been long overdue. And the WordPress core team can't just come out and say that, you know, we're ditching PHP and we're, we're moving, you know, what, what we have now is bad and we need to move in this new direction, which is good. But I think in, in their, the way they're approaching Gutenberg and the amount of resource sources they're pouring into it, that's kind of what they're saying without actually saying it. Yeah, I, th I think this this sort of drip towards modernity has been happening for a while, hasn't it? Um, and I, you're you're absolutely right. I didn't I didn't really think it through when I said time wasted. It was more kind of dead ends, you know, where you get somewhere and realize no, that's not going to work. And then the, <laughs> the other question, because I never have to do this, I never have to dip into the documentation for you know, the core of WordPress. And so how how good is that stuff? If you're trying to build something on top of Gutenberg, how easy is it to whip open a PDF document or whatever it is and, and say, oh, look, brilliant. This has all been beautifully laid out. Here we are. It's all super simple. I'm guessing documentation with something as cutting edge as Gutenberg is, is, is kind of like a, an afterthought. Yeah, wish, wish it was like that, right? That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, and I don't know if I've met all that many developers who enjoy writing documentation <laughs> no. or commenting their code, right? I think that's kind of a, a good standard to base this discussion from. So, so no, and, and, and with the pace of it, it reminds me, too, of the customizer. When the customizer was still new, right. um, like going way, way back, the Beaver Builder theme was among the first you know, handful of themes that really embraced the customizer when it was a new idea and a new technology. And I remember when we were building that out, there was no documentation at all. And we ended up just, I think, buying a theme that had customizer support and digging through their code to see <laughs> how it all worked. I mean, we were kind of learning from the yeah. ground. Yeah. And I think the experience working in Gutenberg right now is very, very similar. I think they're doing a better job 
documenting Gutenberg than they did the customizer. Yes. Um, and you'll have to get Justin on the show to, to talk more in depth on this because yeah. he's been the one that's really been, you know, getting his elbows and his, and his hands dirty with it. I wonder if this um, is where a lot of the negativity comes from, you know, just the realization, oh my Lord, we are going to have to work so hard <laughs> to make this stuff work. You know, we've been here before. Uh, it's interesting and it's not a side of this stuff I ever I ever see but you know it's new the expectation is it's all going to work on day one and you guys you, and people who are in the, the business of writing plugins and things like that they're all going to have to have done the hard work but I'm guessing it's going to ship on the day it's ready not the day when it's ready and documented and everybody's had a good old go with it um so yeah yeah good on you I think you're right <laughs> I think you're right yeah I think that's where a lot of the the negative, negative kind of, or, or, or um, yeah, the, the FUD is one of the terms I like. The fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Oh, is know, that what it means? Like, oh, I've always FUD. wondered. Yeah, it's not a good one. Yeah, I like that. Fear, uncertainty, no, doubt. No, I just, I, I, yeah, I thought it meant something else, actually. But anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, okay, Gutenberg to one side. We're, we're, it sounds like we're flipping the coin and it's landed on the good side. We're, we're happy with Gutenberg. That's great. So what's in store for you guys? Tell us about the, tell us in as much as you want to tell us. Um, yeah, sure. Obviously revealing no trade secrets or any of that nonsense. Tell, tell us about what's going to, you know, we'll probably have you on in about six months time to tell us what did happen. But for those of us listening <laughs> who are Beaver Builder fans, I'm always interested to know what your plans are and what we can expect to get from, get from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for asking. Um, so we just yesterday released uh, an update to Beaver Themer, yep. where we added in two or several really new plugin integrations. But mainly, like uh, I think they came up earlier, the the events calendar, yes. and then also Easy Digital Downloads yes. now are natively supported in Beaver Themer. So we have modules available for events, so you can lay out your event pages, um, and so then good. same for Easy Easy Digital Downloads. We also added. Uh, much better support for multilingual sites that use either WPML or Polylang. Yep. That was one of the very kind of heavily, heavily requested features. So though that that's all in in the uh, in the wild now. And we're going to shift our focus towards back towards Beaver Builder. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do a 2.1 update. And, you know, it. Interestingly, I don't want to. I'm more than happy to move away from the Gutenberg discussion, but yeah. to, to pull Gutenberg back up for one second. Um, one of the really cool things that they they one of the first things they kind of showed off and did was that inline editing, where you yeah. were you know working on your page and you were able to jump right into the right into the text and just edit everything on on you know in line as opposed to you know when you edit in beaver builder it pops up a text editor and yes you know you're editing your text in a separate environment than what it's being rendered as and one of the things i said was like gosh that'd be really cool if we could take that and put it in beaver builder and that was one of those things where justin rolled his eyes and he was like no we can't just do that it's not that easy you know <laughs> um, and it it wasn't that easy but what what ended up happening was because of Gutenberg, the WordPress team updated the version of TinyMCE. And TinyMCE is the text editor. Yes. It's the software that runs the WordPress text editor. And it was running an old version. And they updated that version um, for reasons relating to the Gutenberg development. But in that update, they and now natively in WordPress, even though Gutenberg isn't in core yet, the, the version is updated. And 
it made it super simple for us to implement inline editing in Beaver Builder. Um, we didn't have to write a whole lot of code to go from, you know, the text editor in a separate window to being able to edit text right on the page. Nice. So that is coming in Beaver Builder 2.1. Um, we're also going to launch Gutenberg support. So, so in the whole, it all comes back to Gutenberg, <laughs> right? In all of the like experimenting and, and trying to figure out what we wanted to do there, you know, the main and highest priority was compatibility. Yeah. What happens when Gutenberg goes live and you have a Beaver Builder page and you need to go back to the editor or vice versa? And we're launching. Uh, we we figured that all out. We've got it. We've got that dialed in so that you can easily and seamlessly switch between Gutenberg and Beaver Builder. And so that's going into 2.1 as well. And then we have a couple other goodies going into 2.1. But we've also, you know, we're talking a lot about uh, branching out a little bit. And and how where, how should we put this? I mean, we're I am and we are excited about Gutenberg, but there's also this kind of idea that we should be planning for a worst case scenario. You know, if Gutenberg mm. comes out and everyone loves it and all of a sudden, you know, no one's using Beaver Builder anymore, what are we going to do? So our roadmap discussion has shifted a little bit from years past to, you know, what, what, what could we do outside of the page building space or what could we do that, what could we build that would appeal to our existing customers, you know, web professionals that would be maybe like a bit of an insurance against something like Gutenberg or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, another product. So, so we're exploring some ideas in that space right now. Um, I am Which not I, I mean, going to ask the follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could share more. I really yeah. do. I wish yeah. I could share more on that. But uh, oh, no, I, think that's, I think that's really wise. Um, you know, there's a certain element that'll think, uh, boy, you know, Beaver Builder, do Beaver Builder forever and ever. Amen. But you, you, I think that's incredibly clever. You know, um, it, it's inevitable that things will change. And I think having... Having the best interests of your your friends and just in case you know family and all of that sort of stuff, it's a good idea. Um, yeah, but well, it's it's it benefits everyone too. I mean, if you're a Beaver Builder user, hearing that and thinking, "Oh God, they're you know jumping ship," it's that's not the case at all. No. I mean, really, what we're ensuring is that our business remains profitable and sustainable, so that yeah. we can continue working and and updating and maintaining Beaver Builder through this time. Yeah. Um, now that's, that's, that, that's, that's encouraging. I think that's, it, that's very cl clever talk. And although you don't necessarily want to describe the, the detail of it, I, I think it would be, you know, it, temporarily we'd all think, oh, fabulous. If all you talked about was Beaver Builder, but having, having something else going on, um, perhaps something entirely different, who knows? Only you do, um, will be, will be good for, for you guys and and ultimately if your business is successful we all benefit but i do like the inline editing yeah i can't wait for that yeah. that's cool yeah uh, that's going to be that's going to be a good one yeah well, well what else you know it's not so much of a so much of a usability feature but one of the features i'm really excited about 
is we're, we're putting in a, a little notification center in Beaver Builder. So, and this is, it sounds like a silly little thing. I don't know why I get so worked up about it, but we're going to have um, just a little, just a little ping, a little notification when we release new updates or new features, or if we have a new blog post um, so that when you're working in Beaver Builder, we can tell people about some of the new things. And that, that's one of the, the struggles of building software is, you know, once we, once we go through all the work of building and testing and, and releasing these features and making sure they don't break things, then it's then it's the question of, well, how do we get people to know that they're even there, or that yeah. they even exist? And, you know, we'll see we'll see folks come through our support system that kind of confirm that where, you know, they'll ask something like, you know, oh, how do I how do I do this? And we go, oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't you read our blog post? Like we are, we put that in. That's a feature we have. Yeah, come on. (laughs) You know, this realization that, uh, oh yeah, no one really cares about what we're writing on our blog. They're just trying to build a website for their client and get back to, you know, hanging out with their kids and getting back to dinner and working on their house. So I'm excited that that way we, so we can selectively show the really important bits of information right there in the, in the UI. That's going to be coming soon too. That's a really neat idea. I mean, that's been leveraged by so many plugins, um, for good and ill, you know, sometimes it's, it just fills up, doesn't it? You know, the WordPress dashboard gets full of stuff that you actually don't want to read, but if it's important stuff, um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Bring it on inline editing and the (laughs) notification center. Good on you. Um, and on a sort of more personal note, just stepping aside from Beaver Builder, you've uh, you've sort of got a, a, an interesting new lease of life with your vlogging. That's kind of cool. You've decided to make more posts online. What what's brought all that about? Oh, thanks for bringing that up. I get to do a a, a plug for the vlog. <laughs> yeah, but it's so good. I loved it. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. It's, I well. It uh, it all ties back to Gutenberg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Um, but no, we, we, it it does kind of tie into work a little bit. So YouTube and and video is is huge. I think we all kind of saw and realized, and it just gets bigger and bigger over the years. Yeah. But the the ability to tell stories and communicate uh, with video is just so powerful. And last year we were focused so much on 2.0 where we were changing the look of beaver builder so drastically we didn't invest or spend any time making videos because anything that we did last year was going to very quickly go out of date when we yes. launched the new yes. ui yes. so we kind of punted all of the video stuff off until that was done and we did invest really heavily in our knowledge base and in our text documentation which has been growing leaps and bounds we were just looking at the traffic numbers for january and it's like it's phenomenal the hockey stick growth we're seeing in the text knowledge base that's been really exciting um but yeah so it was kind of a personal a personal and a professional goal of mine to just kind of start doing more with video this year and i started up a vlog as just an excuse to learn (laughs) video editing really and my, my hope was that and that well I can plug this too. I just published one of my first tutorials on our YouTube channel. Like just before we hopped on the call, I hit I hit publish. So, oh, you're doing those now. Uh, That's good. Yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to have some skills into. Like I wanted to learn a little bit of what I was doing before I started making videos for the company. <laughs> yeah, people idea. are actually going to see those, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the sales um, plummet. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry. Go on. 
Oh no, yeah, I was, I was gonna say that's just that was the kind of the reasoning behind it all. But uh, yeah, I'm making a big push and, and doing more with video. And um, this was also inspired by Brent, who Brent is. Um, yes, yes. He's been working with us full time for a couple of months now. He was really, really. Uh, he leaded a lot of the 2.0 push. Uh, he's a developer, designer, product designer. He's he's very artistic and very creative, and he's got a background in photography and film. Uh, he went to school for I think photography, but he also did a lot of videography. Hmm. And he's also doing a vlog. So we've yeah, been posting I've our vlogs in our you know Slack channel and kind of. Uh, playing off of each other his are really good like <laughs> yeah, his are very are. professional and like... <laughs> yeah. do you know what though so, yours yeah. are really good i don't mean that i don't mean that in any way sycophantically i genuinely think it's really nice you know you've got the you've got a mastery of the text and you put little you insert little segments and that must take time it's not going to be quick <laughs> I, I think you've done a fantastic job and um, we can only, oh, you know, two years from now, you'll be uh, you'll be sacking off Beaverbill. You're going to work for some television station or something. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No. <laughs> but it, it's, I really appreciated it. Uh, it's I, I'm really enjoying it because it combines all of these things that I already had a passion for yep. in a really yep. unique way. Like, yep. You know, I, I wasn't much of a writer before Beaver Builder happened, but since then, and since I've been writing our blog post, I've, I've really enjoyed this kind of you know, push to communicate and write and, and share stories and information. And, and that's become a really big part of my, my life and my passion with what I do every day and work. And I've always really enjoyed photography and I've always had a just love affair with music. And mm. with these videos, I get to kind of combine all those in this really unique and, and weird, you know, form and style and, and put them all together and kind of share something that, that blends them all. So it's, I've, been just, I've been having so much fun with it. Well, I've been having fun watching them. Yeah, it's been good. And I hope for many more to come. I hope it's not one of these little pass, passing fads. Which, Me too. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. We'll see. So, yeah. All of Six three weeks, weeks from now, yeah. it'll, they'll be yeah. just, <laughs> what's it called? Tumbleweed. <laughs> Go to the channel. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, we should probably knock it on the head. We've been talking now for nearly nearly 50 minutes, which is uh, which is quite a long time. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, I hope we can have you on another time when you've got something exciting to tell us, like, you know, the latest video or the the latest release of Beaver Builder. But thank you, Robbie, for coming on to the WB Builds podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is always so much fun. I can't yeah. believe we already filled up the whole time slot. Oh, we <laughs> yeah, just basically. started. Yeah. Should have been 20 minutes. That's the idea. Oh, we're, now, we're now on 40 seconds. <laughs> All right. right. My look, fault. I've yeah. been rambling. I take, gonna... <laughs> I take the blame. Okay, I'll stop now. This <laughs> okay. is it. Goodbye. Press <laughs> stop. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. And our ending term today is schema markup, which neither Nathan or I really know that much about. But what <laughs> it is, is code that's added to HTML of your website to give search engines more relevant information about a business, person, place, product, or thing. I'm reading that, by the way. It's also known <laughs> as rich snippets or structured data. Now, we do use it, don't we, Nathan, in a way. I, it's become important to me um, to see that headers and footers, particularly when Beaver Builder came out and we could replace them, that they had the right schema markup. So I knew that much. I, I'm, I'm not have entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, I do try. I, I, I was just saying before we recorded this that this is one of those things that I'm not very good at. 
I I, I do try, and I, I promise I will be better. <laughs> but <laughs> I, it, what's apart from apart from the fact that it obviously when somebody's looking at the code, um, mm. what what's the point of it? Is it so that search engines can get a handle on it? An example would be, I use this thing called Evernote, and in my browser, I've got an Evernote clipper. And what that does is it, it you can click a button and it strips away all of the stuff mm. that you probably don't want to see. And I'm imagining it, it's using things like schema to work out, well, where's the important stuff that's actually the article? Where's the stuff that, that they want to read? But apart from that, what... Do you know what the the purpose is apart from search engines and things like Evernote? Yeah, I think you know there's a lot of talk. Actually, I'm just going to reveal my ignorance really here. But you know, there's a lot of talk about big data and breaking up all the net into smaller components so we can reuse it uh, as search engines do, as Google does, because it's a. I, I don't know if Google's behind rich snippets, but uh, definitely they use it in SERPs. So if something's structured well they could present the information that is matching the query best but also i mean the, the way i've used it before and i needed a plugin for this was to help reviews that were on our e-commerce site show up in serps so I you see. could get those yeah you could get those little star ratings which mm. you still see mm. and it worked for about a week <laughs> oh before they before they realized we could make up those um reviews if we wanted to and then oh, they seem see. to drop them right yeah and is there a sort of authoritative definitive list of what kind of tags if you like for want of a better word we can use you mentioned business person place product you know address all of that kind of thing are there is there a list of absolutely recommended ones or can you just make them up <laughs> no i think they have to be recognized i think google leads on this don't they um, but certainly review, reviews is one that we use right. amongst that. So against product, but yeah, we're going to have to get out of here before we really reveal our ignorance. Our ignorance. Well, I'll tell you what, though. It's an, as with all things, you can't know everything, can you? And so this is an no. area that I just promise to get better at. I understand that there are um, WordPress plugins that can assist you in this learning curve and assist you in placing these things within the HTML. I've not really used any of them, but as this becomes more important and obviously search results are more and more defined, then I will I will get better. I promise, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, so a friend of ours was talking about recipes recently yep. and how they needed the they needed the rich snippets for that because mm. they I think if you type in for Google for recipes, I think you'll it will pick up on those that have got that markup right. and show recipes, I believe. Okay. Well, it has a purpose. Mm. There is a purpose. There is a, a meaning for it, and we just need to deploy it more. Naughty David, naughty Nathan. Never mind. Okay, so we'll um, we'll call this podcast uh, a done deal and say yeah. thank you from me, Nathan Wrigley. And thank you from me, David Wobsey. All right. Bye-bye. Cheesy music coming in. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. See you next week. 